Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Story Worth Telling, the podcast where we share some of the greatest stories you've never heard, and some of the ones you have, and what they have to teach us about life, love, God, and everything in between. I couldn't be more excited about this week's episode. It's episode number eight, and I'm not alone actually this time. I have one of our dearest friends. We've been friends for, gosh, over 10 years now. I think almost, yeah, almost 11 because 12 years of marriage. So. Yeah. This is uh, Julie Pace, and her and her husband, Jared, are our best friends. We met at Living Church in Mansfield. We started doing a life group long time ago for some college kids and just started living life together, and the rest is history. These guys are our ride-or-die friends. We call them our family because they've been there in the best times and the worst times, Yep. and uh, we've lived a lot of life together, and so I couldn't think of anyone better to celebrate as we come into this weekend and come into Mother's Day because moms are super special, and Julie and Jared have a incredible story of the faithfulness of God and a journey that they've been on to become parents. And there's nobody who could tell it better than them. And so because I know this is a story worth telling, I wanted to have her on the podcast to share the story as best as anyone could. And so Julie, tell us about you guys and about y'all's story. Well, great. Now he said the whole mom word and it got me all crying. But um, Jared and I, he was the first guy I ever dated and the first guy, obviously, I ever married <laughs> and we're still married after all that we've been through the ups and downs. And it's it's just a beautiful story. Um, and God can really prove just how great he is and how mighty he is, even in your marriage, when everything seems to be falling apart on the outside or within the storm. Um, he's the one that kind of holds it together. So our story kind of begins with a lot of heart, I get not heartache. I don't know what, what you call it. Just time. Yeah. You know, you guys, I, I, that, I'm like, what do you call it? Time in this journey. It's been a, it's been a long journey, hasn't it? Uh, more than our marriage. More of our marriage has been through this journey than not. Uh, one year wasn't, <laughs> and that was it. And we were trying during that year. So our first year of marriage, we were still trying to get pregnant. We've always wanted kids. I wouldn't have married Jared if he didn't want like five plus in a, you know, short bus with the crazy honk van. You know, that's what I dreamed of. A hockey team. <laughs> or whatever, you know, the soccer mom, like living life to the fullest, crazy, holding signs out of the car, waving at the kids, trying to make him embarrassed. Um, but it, it didn't start that way. And and it's certainly, I know our story's not over either, even though I am a mom now. Um, that title took a long time to come. It took us six years to to get pregnant with Brooklyn, almost six years. Did and you guys ever try to prevent having kids? No, no. So you guys started right from the beginning? From the beginning. Hit the ground running. What year were y'all married? 2008, 09. 09. So 2009. And you had Brooklyn what year? 2015. How many years is that? That's six years. Yeah, six years. Yeah. So 
I'm thankful that in our story, God gave me a dream, even though I felt like I was crazy. Um, he, in a dream, came to, like, I, I really felt like he bent down from heaven, let me hold our daughter, and brought her back up. I knew exactly what she looked like, smelled like, felt like. I knew everything about her. But he held her, and he let me hold her. He brought her back up and said, not yet. And I didn't know it was going to be five years before I had that feeling again in my arms. And when she was born to the T, exactly what he had shown me she was. And nobody can, like, tell me otherwise. Like, that was nothing but God and his promises. And I needed that promise to hold me through the storm. And, like, I know that somebody... People don't get that. They don't get that sweet moment from God. But I did. And I needed it because he knows how sensitive I am, obviously. Can't even hold it together. Can't even tell our story the right way without snot nose crying into the microphone. So you're welcome, Tim. You might not have cleaned that off later. <laughs> but um, I do know that a lot of our battle was declaring the victory before it was ever in our arms. And I think a lot of... A lot of that battle is behind the scenes that people don't see. I think a lot of it is just like the the battle in prayer. Um, and Satan does come to still kill and destroy. And it does take every avenue out of you, like as far as like spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, um, financially. You know, we went through it all. We were not we were knocking on every door and we have felt the peace of God even walking through the doors of fertility. Um even though we had failed every single one of those tests or every single one of those tries, Brooklyn was our Hail Mary pass. And I think Beth and Tim were like a huge, huge part. Like not, they're not the only ones that were part of it, but a huge part of the people that surrounded us in prayer and prayed in the gap for us. When we said, I don't even want to pray. I'm done praying. I don't even want to go to church or whatever. Like we had our moments. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like we had so many moments where we were just like, no, we're done. Forget it, God. Like, we are so angry at you. And we were honest in our story. We were honest with where we were at. But, um, you know, that pain is still very real. That pain, Obviously, it still comes up and bubbles up. And it allows me to have sympathy or empathy. Empathy is the word, right? right. <laughs> God. <laughs> empathy for other people that are really struggling through this story. Um, because it's a journey. And, and one of those things that you just have to get through. And sometimes it is just getting through it and just like having somebody else pull you up and pray you up and be there for you and to hold your hand and kind of say, I got you. I'm going to the altar for you. I'm going to fast for you. I'm going to pray for you when you can't. And that's, you know, kind of part of our story. Um, I feel like the story that identifies mostly with us, even though our age doesn't reflect it, is Abraham and Sarah. Um, Abraham was good as dead and Sarah was old beyond her age. And that's how my eggs looked. And that's how my husband looked. So on, on clinical, you know, paperwork and numbers were not in our favor and everything was not in our favor. And we still took the drugs. We still took all the injections and everything else. And we said, okay, God, like literally we will not become parents if, if this is our only way and this is our last try. And, um, I'll never forget December 19th at 3 AM. I found out I was pregnant with Brooklyn and then all the other fears start to try and come to you like, oh, my God, now I'm not going to be able to carry this baby and something's going to happen. Certainly, we weren't able to get pregnant on our own. So now everything's going to fall through the, you know, ceiling or whatever you want to call it. And 
now we're going to have a miscarriage. I'm sure of it. Like just like a whole nother slew of fears. Um, and I think through that, you just need to remember who your God is and how big he is and how many battles he's already won for you behind the scenes before you even got there. So You guys, what were some of the steps that you guys took to try to conceive along the journey? <clears throat> some of the processes that you, that you guys did, uh, obviously you, you know, we're having sex. Um, I was like, um, that's part of where, it. But, where you want to go with this? But you guys also sought medical help too. We did. And I mean, you want to talk about every diet under the sun, every supplement that anybody ever mentioned, every research product. I mean, you, there was so much that we tried to pick up knowledge wise. And we also wanted to be wise with the decisions that we made um, and not just give in to the temptation of just going with whatever one seemed the closest to us within grasp. Um, we really prayed about going to fertility treatments. Like some people it's not for them. Some people have a totally different story. I, I remember vividly part of our story was my mom coming to me um, about my cousin actually finding out she was pregnant with her sixth child and she has a really hard history. Um and my mom's like, is this part of your story, adopting this baby? And I was like, no, it is not. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt, like, no, nope, God has our story written, mom. I have to stay on this path. Like, I'm in the lane where God wants me, and this is not our story. And that same night I came home to, t- to tell my husband, to tell Jared, and he's he was like, oh, my gosh, you're never going to believe it. You got to read this email. And it was from one of our really good friends that I also went to college with. And she was like, hey, guys, I'm putting it out there. We believe somebody knows our birth mom, and we're going to believe that we're going to be able to adopt this baby, you know, and and that God already has this baby in his hands. And um, it just so happened that that is part of our story as well, that that adoption happened to one of our other friends because of um, us saying no to some things and believing that God had the best. Because I could have said, yeah, I'll take in whatever child. That's my family. But it wasn't for us. Because for some people, it is. It yeah. is part of their story. You know, Absolutely. Adoption uh, and takes it's almost so a, beautiful. <laughs> takes, you know, having having a kid, you, you know, that, you know, from the moment you have that kid that you love them more than anything. But, but choosing to love a kid. Yeah. My family adopted my sister, Amanda. Right. And I don't think ever that she's as not. a kid, yeah, that I ever yeah. had the thought Oh, you know, there's the three brothers who were all biologically born <laughs> sure. to my mom. And then, then the other one, you know, she was just my sister. Right. It's mm-hmm. funny how God does this. I mean, she even looked like she belonged in our family. She looked yeah. like my mom and God in his wisdom. I don't know how he works that out, but he's written really- our story how many eons ago before we ever were part of it. So part of that is also trusting that. He has the, like, he knows what he's doing and we just, not just, oh, we're just along for the ride, but we can trust him even when we're walking through the deepest, darkest valley. And I, I would never trade the valleys uh, that we've walked through with infertility because that's when I felt the closest to God that I've ever felt. And you can't, I mean, you can't trade that. It's almost when you get to the other side of the miracle that you're just like, did you forget me, God? <laughs> like, not in a, not full, it's it's almost like you want the struggle sometimes because you crave that closeness to Jesus. 
And he's there in the, in the midst of the storm. He's there to mend the brokenhearted and bind up their wounds. He's there to, to walk you through the deep things. And he's not any less there in the other side of it, but you can just feel the breath and the closeness of him when you're hurt. <laughs> hmm. You know, how many fertility treatments did you guys go through? I don't know that I can count them. A bunch. Sometimes you lose track and sometimes you purposely lose track. And it probably got more <clears throat> more discouraging uh-huh. each time that you went through a treatment and Yeah. You know. It does. Um, it just wipes you out. So sometimes you just you hold on to the hope of not even taking the pregnancy test. And I remember you guys vividly there having to rip the band-aid off with us, so to speak, even though we knew in our hearts before we ever took the test that it was going to be negative. I, I, I feel for those mamas that take tests religiously because, and I say mamas already, even if you're not a mom already, because it's like God has given you that title and that heart to become a mom, whatever that capacity looks like. Hmm. And I had to learn that for myself too. Like, I'm not going to allow this allow Satan to kill, steal, and destroy the dream that God has put inside of me. Um, and I'm going I'm to allow God to work through that miracle and believe that he has the best for us. And, and not that there's like always more, always more, because sometimes it just doesn't work out the way you wanted it to. Sometimes you have to trust that God is good, even if it doesn't work out the way that you thought it would. Like, he can, he will. And you have to believe, like, yes, he he can make me a mother. He will make me a mother. But even if he doesn't, he is still God and he is still good. And and I don't say that from a standpoint of already being a mom. I, I had to say that from a standpoint of, be, of before I was even a mom. Right. Because there were a lot of baby showers that you oh my gosh. showed up to in that season. I remember, man, I'll never forget when we had Jude. June 7th, 2014. And you guys had been at the hospital with us all day long. Uh, and then the moment came. And I remember being there with y'all that night, celebrating with us, but also feeling this guilt <laughs> as y'all's friends. I mean, because we wanted so badly for you guys to share in what we were sharing in, but I'll never forget it. I'll I'll never forget you guys uh, holding my son and loving him like he was y'all's own in the, in the waiting, uh, you stepping in and, and momming my son Jude before holding your own child. I think that that was healing for us. Like you need, we needed those moments. I'll never forget. Um, well, maybe you have to say it like with Jared, like I'll never forget Jared. Holding your son and just thinking that's the closest we're going to get. And I remember that just from our end, loving you guys, uh, you can become self-conscious feeling like just you holding your child is, is hurting somebody else because of, 
what they like, but we never felt that from you guys that there was this, I don't know, um, resentment from our blessing man. Nobody celebrated us harder. Uh, nobody loved our kids more. And you talk about, you know, having stepping into momming before you have the kid in your arms. It really is uh, a heart and not a title. It's not something that someone can hand you on a birth certificate. You are a mom in your heart. Uh, sometimes before you are with your hands and we, we really saw you step into mothering even with our son. He was uh, such a, I mean, we still call him our first kid. Even when Beth and I talk every day, I'm like, yep, he's our first kid. Like (laughs) just because I I mean, there was just so many moments of healing just for us to watch you guys be parents and know that, you know, even if this is as close as we get, like God is still good. And, and that's a hard, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to walk through it. Obviously it still brings up so many emotions because it's something I never want to forget because I feel for those moms that have been in the waiting like I have, or that have lost a baby or, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm a pediatric nurse. I'm around newborn babies all day long and I get to help usher these parents into parenthood, you know, as soon as their baby's born and answer all their questions and, and love on them. And I think for me going to those baby showers and, um, being a part of them and being invited to them was so special to me. And it was also ground for Satan to come and really try to get in your head. Like Mm -hmm. as far as like still kill and destroy, like, Oh my gosh, talk about, coming with a vengeance, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, most of the time on my way home from those things, um, I would call and I would cry to my husband or I would just cry in my car after it was over. Cause it was so hard, like emotionally, physically, and, and spiritually, like, you're like, I will not let Satan have the victory in this. I will not let him win. I will not let bitterness take root in my heart. I will not let him still my joy and still this moment because life is so sacred and so beautiful, even if it's not coming from your body. Like it's, I mean, motherhood for, for anybody is just, it's beautiful. And so it's just one of those moments that I was like, uh, uh-uh, I'm going to, I'm going to have to step up my blessing game because I'm not going to let Satan take control over that. And I'm not going to let him have root in my heart. Cause that's not what God says about me. And that's not the truth that he's given me. And so that was, that's when I had to hang on to the promises that God had already put in my heart of seeing our daughter. She was small. She had like curvy lips and big eyes. And that's what I wrote down in my journal (laughs) five, six years before she was ever in me. And when she was born, she was five pounds, 14 ounces, 18 inches long and had huge eyes and curvy lips. So I remember I remember the day that you found out. <laughs> yeah, we, you kind of were the first to know. Pregnant. Yeah. I remember you guys showing up to our house. I was taking y'all to the airport because it was around Christmas time. Yep. Y'all were going to visit your family. Yep. And I some ungodly hour in the morning that I had to come outside. Like 3 a.m. <laughs> and meet you guys and you telling me and me having to like physically make myself not scream because it's like 3 a.m. in the morning (laughs) and there are neighbors 
asleep everywhere around us. And and your wife would not wake up and answer and, her phone. Yes, yeah, we couldn't get her on the phone. And so I had to uh, know that in my you know head and in my heart for, for a, a while, a few minutes before we finally got her on the phone. And, man, just how excited we were for you yeah. guys. Uh, I can't. There, there are a few things in this world I've ever been more excited about than finding out that y'all were pregnant with Brooke. And now... You know, she's she's so spicy. Yeah. Oh, I love it. We prayed that into her, though. You know, it's just like one of those things that over the years I got to. That's another thing that I got, I got to do is like I got to pray up my children before they were ever in my arms. And I feel like I I with my personality, I needed that <laughs> as a mom. And so it was just I, we prayed that spiciness in her. And she's she loves I mean, she loves being a big sister now, like, holy moly, I get to say she's a big sister. I waited for that moment for a long time, too, about five years. Yeah. So. And that was another process because, you know, oh. you you have her, you have this miracle in your hands. But. So then the, we had to trust that he would do it again. The promise sometimes has a pause on it. Yeah. And you have this decision while you're in the hallway that you can either be bitter, allow it to become bitterness in your heart that it's not all of a sudden easy. Uh, or you can praise him in the hallway while, yep. while you wait. And so what was that like having this, uh, I guess, sneak peek or this, this episode one of, of the promise that God had given you, but, but then he, he, kind of going through the journey again, almost. Well, thank God he's so kind to me and knows my heart obviously better than I do because he gave me another promise, another vision. Um, and it, I, I mean, I'll share, I mean, you guys might think I'm crazy, but I'm not. Um, and part of that is not even fulfilled yet. And so I'm like, okay, God, but I saw Jesus again with two babies in his arms and one without a face and not a name. And one was our, un, like, she's not here yet, but it was another daughter and I saw her face and her name and, and everything like that. And it'd be another four or five years before that would come into play. And um, I guess there was two visions. I guess, and not, not, God does not speak to everybody in this way, but I feel like in my life, he, it, it's happened like two or three times. And it's been something that has held me over. It's a promise that he's like, girl, you're going to have to wait a little bit, but you can trust me even if you feel crazy with what I just showed showed you or told you. And I mean, it lines up with scripture too. It's not just like me speaking out of my brain cells. Right. So um, it was just one of those moments that I knew that it, it was, I don't know how to explain it, but it was like Jared and I on chariot war horses with our swords drawn, charging forward and legions of angel armies going over the promised land of what God had for us and spreading spreading out like wildflowers over everything and just like the victory is ours, like fertile soil, fertile land. And we get to step into that promise. And I saw us with our kids, like being able to step into that promise. Sorry, Bryson. He wants to join you. (laughs) So, um, and that would be another almost five years because Brooke is five going on six, right? She's going to be six in August. So it's your kid. 
I know, I should know. <laughs> he would think that me with all these moments, I would keep him straight, but that's why there's journals. <laughs> so, and, and it was just like declaring the victory before seeing it. And um, God just allowed me to be part of that. And I'm thankful for that, that he allowed me to be part of that. And so we picture. celebrated again. Again. <laughs> with uh, Bryson this time. Yeah. Coming into the world. I remember getting the call about that one too. <laughs> Uh, ha- yeah. half asleep, I think, this time. Uh, well, I had told my husband, I don't know why this always happens to me. It's always like 3 a.m. And I tell my husband, and then and the next day, can I go tell Beth? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, and the day before, I was at y'all's house. Oh, well, I guess backstory. So we're going through all these fertility treatments again, trusting mm-hmm. God in the process and saying, okay, like we know you did it once. We know you can do it again. It might have been our hell Perry, Mary pass last time. All right. What does that look like? Um, and we always like, I'm thankful I have a husband that he might be quiet and not all outspoken like my personality. Thank, good, good, thank goodness. I need somebody to balance me. Um, but he sure is a man that prays over situations like that especially and and that i can trust and that is willing to put in the hard work that it takes to go through those things um time and time again without fail and you know we were going through fertility treatments a lot uh, before we were like okay we got to change up our game plan like let's let's pray about this let's see what we need to do and we were doing yard work one day and he's like oh i think we just need to refinance the house we'll set aside money to get the things fixed that we need to. And then we'll use the rest for fertility treatments. And we prayed about it. And we're like, okay, let's do it. And so we told our doctor, okay, we're going to put a little bit of a pause. This is what we're doing. This is our, our game plan. How much is blah, blah, blah. And so we got all of our finances in order to do that. And then there was this thing called a pandemic that happened. So <laughs> then I was drinking quad shots and bang energy drinks all day long, every day, and kind of forgot about the whole, like, you know, take your prenatals and, be diligent about your diet and maybe cut out the caffeine. Um, but I guess, you know, God kind of proved himself again and took me completely out of the situation. And we actually got pregnant on our own for the first time in almost 11 years of our marriage. Like we got pregnant without fertility treatments. Which is incredible. I'm like, uh, okay, but I don't work on paper and neither does he, but God was writing a different story. Right. So, and so now you have two, yeah, you know, more to come, yeah. Uh, but what would you say? Because Mother's Day brings up a whole host yeah, of young even, ladies and older ladies, a whole host of things. What would you say specifically to the one who's? We have this phrase in our society, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. But the one who's showing up to the baby showers, buying gifts for their friends, walking, reminded of the blessings around them and and doing their best to celebrate those blessings, but constantly aware of the lack in their own hands. What, what would yeah. you say to that person specifically? Um, I don't know. Cause I feel like I am that person so many times. I'll, like still, <laughs> I don't think that pain ever goes away. Um, but I would just say like, it's so cheesy, but just like keep praising him in the hallway, even if it looks dark and bleak, like keep praising him in the hallway and thanking him for what he's given you. 
And that's easier said than done. And I'm not trying to make light of that because it's not. And I think that, I mean, Mother's Day is really hard for me still. I mean, I remember trying to not like, well, trying to avoid going to church on Mother's Day because it hurts. It's, it's just a reminder of like the lack. It's an easy reminder of the lack, even though that's not what God says. Um, and it's hard on the guys too. I don't want to make light of that. Like, oh my goodness, do you know how hard my husband has cried in silence or behind closed doors for me on Mother's Day or on Father's Day, but especially on Mother's Day because he can't fix it. Um, I would just say, like, even in the even in the rain and in the storm, just dance. I don't know, dance in it. <laughs> like, dang it, just embrace it and know that God is so close to you and that your story is coming. Like it's part of the story. It's part of your story. And you just have like, for me, I always had to say, Oh, well, if you, like when people said, Oh, you just got to try this. Oh, you just got to, when they had the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, Oh, this is going to work even with doctors. Cause they don't, they don't have it all figured out either. Um, that it was just one of those moments you had to take back and say, I got to trust what God says. That's your story. And I'm going to trust what he has for our story. Mm. And it was just, that's really, really hard to separate. Cause you're like, well, if I just turn my head to the left or to the right, you know, it's just like, you don't know what God is doing. So just stay faithful to him and let it work out. <laughs> it, it comes back to that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego story. And I, I mean, you guys probably heard Tristan preach on that a few weeks. Was it a few weeks ago now? Right. Right? Right. This last Sunday. Oh, my God. I love that story. A couple of Sundays ago. That's one of my favorite stories. Just because it's like when you're bound and tied and put into the fire, there was another one in the midst. And they kept, like, I think the thing that stands out to me more than anything is the, my God can, he will. But even if he doesn't, he's still God and he's still good. So for those moms on Mother's Day, like, and for myself, like, he can, he will. But even if he doesn't. I'm going to trust him and I'm going to love him and I'm going to stay faithful and I'm going to do what he's told me to do instead of looking to the left and to the right of like all the other things that I could try. Mm. So. That's so good. Cause I think about the season where we were walking through my mom and her cancer. And I think, I don't know if I was, I don't know if I would ever say that I didn't believe in God but maybe I didn't trust him as much anymore because yeah. sometimes you can pray with all the authority for somebody else's yeah. needs. But when it comes to your own, you kind of feel like a little kid again. And so for those of you who are mother's day is hard because you're mourning who, who mm-hmm. you know, mom, who's not here on this earth anymore. Um, know the knowing, you know, this, Mother's Day is we just got pictures taken with the kids. There's <laughs> nothing cute. in this world that my mom loved more than pictures. And so in a way that's us honoring her by mm-hmm. taking these Mother's Day pictures, because that would have been the thing that we got her was these pictures framed. There would have been no greater gift in her yeah. eyes than pictures of her treasures to put all over her walls. And so if you're in that boat too, and you're, morning on this day, you know, a mom who's no longer here with you. My hope is that you have the promise that you'll see each other again in heaven, but, but knowing that your mom is 
just as invested and loving you from where she is, even then, uh, helps get me through, you know, what, what can be a tough holiday for some. Well, we love you guys. We're glad that you're our friends, family. <laughs> um, we're believing that this is just the beginning yeah. of what God's going to do because it is, it's a story worth telling. So do you have anything else before we. I think it's just to remind people like, and I think it's just one of those things. Beth posted it today. I think it's just like battles are won in the spiritual realm long before they're finalized in the natural. It's like before they're even coming to pass. So when you're looking like, I mean, it's just, it's hard to not look back at, Oh, if I did this or if I did that, if I could have just done blah, blah, blah. Cause you're always analyzing your life when you're going through things like that. Like, where did I go wrong? Like, what did I do to like make myself infertile? One, that's not what God has written for you. And Satan wants to make sure that you know that, Hey girl, you're infertile. You're infertile. You're infertile. Look at all the infertile, fertile, fertile you have. Like, it's not fair to think like that because God has given you a crown and he says, girl, you're the dignity, you're the beauty and the dignity you possess beauty in you. And it's just one of those things. It's like, don't let him take that fertility card. Hmm. Go back down to hell and take it back. Like, that's what I got to say. It's just like one of those things I had to learn with Bryson before I was pregnant with him. I was like, uh-uh, you're not going to have that anymore. Like, you don't get to have that title. Like, you don't get to have what God says I am. And just like to quote scripture over yourself in those seasons and pray scripture over yourself. That's good. Can you uh, do us a favor? Can you pray for uh, all of the moms? So the moms who uh, have a whole herd of littles and don't feel like they have it all together. Uh, the moms that are awaiting, you know, the promise that's, that's yet to be fulfilled in their arms. The, <laughs> Uh, moms that have uh, not so little anymore, they're, they're grown and they've mm-hmm. left the house, but that mom heart still to, you know, take away all of the bad and pain that can happen <laughs> yeah. to them, even from a distance. Yeah. Um, and the ones that are, are grieving on this day, would you just pray for all of those folks and then we'll land the plane? Yes. Let's try not to cry through this. Okay. Um God, we've seen you move the mountains, and we know that you can do it again, um, whether that be in the circumstance of broken families or mamas waiting to be mamas again or moms still waiting to become a mom in the like with the baby in their arms. Um, I just thank you so much for allowing us to to trust you, that we can trust you. <laughs> God, I just pray over the the grieving moms that have lost a baby. Can you just comfort them and give them your like just your truth, God, of who they are, that they did nothing to deserve that. And I just pray that their rainbow babies would come because it was also just you know Mother's Day for the mamas that lost lost their littles. And so I just pray over those moms too. 
God, would you just allow us to be the moms that you've created us to be? And don't let Satan come to kill, steal, and destroy those parts of us that that you have given us. The you know, let us know how good we are as a mom, even if we don't believe it ourselves. Like, just speak truth over us and help us to to take that and to believe it, God. Because there's nothing more than than what we want as moms than to have our babies succeed way more than than us, and to be successful and to be loving and nurturing people. And so, I just pray that you would just allow us as moms, like where we feel like we may have failed to be completely surrendered to you and allow you to work through us and allow those hurt areas to be healed. And um, even those areas that we've had to walk through battles where we feel wounded and scarred, would you just allow those areas to be healed as well for us as moms and moms to be in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Julie, thanks again for hanging out with us. That's going to be a hard episode for people to get through because there's just a lot of snot. It's okay. You're welcome. <laughs> well, guys, thank you for joining us for another episode. Happy Mother's Day, wherever you find yourself. And remember that today is a story. So make sure that it's a story worth telling.